All right, brother. Can you see the recording? Uh, maybe. Recording. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were good. Boom. All right, here we go. So this is the second episode of the Elogic Podcast. Welcome to the one to ten viewers. Uh, <laughs> I'm very happy to to have you back. I've got my good friend here with me, Matt Woody Woodlicious, as some some know him as. Um, Matt and I have been friends uh, for for quite some time. Uh, since I was going into sixth grade, um, we we lived in close proximity when I first moved in the area, and uh, we just hit it off. and And I, our relationship kind of like evolved in a different way than than some of my other friends because ours was more so. Uh, we connected more about like music and stuff like that than than just pure sports. I mean, the sports were there, but you know, music was something that we we had a really, really big fondness of and, and sort of ran with it. So welcome, Matt. I, I appreciate you hopping out with me, brother. It's, it's been a little bit since we last chatted, actually. And uh, just the, like the five to 10 minutes before starting to record, like, I was just cracking up already. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we have so many memories, dude. It's insane. Like, real quick side tangent. Does anybody actually know me as Woodlicious? I don't I don't know if anybody does, but <laughs> I, I can say my dad does. Okay. My my oh, dad knows you as Woodlicious. Gary. Yes. Gary. He, like sometimes he'll even like say it out of nowhere. Like he'll be like, <laughs> he'll just like he'll be in the garage and all of a sudden I'll just hear him say, Woodlicious. <laughs> and I'll be like, what? Did you see Matt today or something? He's like, no, no, I miss that kid though. I miss that kid. <laughs> it's almost kind of flattering. It's not just a little <laughs> bit weird that your dad thinks about me every now and then. <laughs> I mean, I do too. Okay. If, well, I mean, but at the same time, I mean, we're friends. So we had more face to face time than you and my dad did. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I, ho I hope Gary's doing okay. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They they listen to the first podcast. They'll listen to this one. So, um, so I'm sure they'll be happy to hear your your beautiful voice. Hi, Gary. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> so, again, I'm really happy that you decided to talk with me, man. It's it, it, with these things, I'm trying to go as ad hoc as possible, you know, go, go by the fly by the seat of my pants, so to speak. And uh, but we have we have a lot of stories and, and a lot of memories that honestly could take us probably through the end of tonight, at the very least, <laughs> if we continuously talked about mm -hmm. them. But one thing I wanted to touch on, first and foremost, though, is, like I said, we connected more so on music. Now, um, I know through middle and high school is when you were sort of ramping up, like middle school, you, obviously you discovered your love for music and everything. Was mm -hmm. there a point where, where you were like, man, I, I, I think I love music more than a lot of people. Like, was there, was there something where you came to that realization? Huh. You know, I've never thought about it too much, to be honest. It... I think it's kind of always been there to a certain extent. I mean, cause you know, middle school is, yeah. When it, when it starts to pick up, you know, you start to actually learn about music from a, like an actual, like trained perspective, like right. Learning, learning what music actually is. But mm -hmm. I mean, like I took music classes and, you know, we had to take music 
class in elementary school and I always liked to sing and stuff when I was a kid. Um, maybe my parents didn't like it so much because I don't think I was necessarily very good back then. But I mean, yeah, I mean, even going back to it, and this proceed this precedes your time in uh, the good old Rib Lake School District. There was some like fourth grade, maybe some talent show esque kind of thing we did in one of one of the classes mm -hmm. where we could like do like a performance or something if we wanted to and i chose to for whatever reason in front of everybody that we know you know the same 40 people that we graduated with <laughs> yep. to sing a song from les mis something Ooh. that i guarantee you literally nobody in that entire room outside of probably like the teachers maybe had any idea what that was <laughs> like Oh God, it haunts me. Like I, I actually still remember the the pounding in my chest that I felt before doing that because I don't think I'd ever like sang in front of a group like that by myself before. Like that was right. probably like the first time I had ever like done anything like that. Dude, that's <laughs> well, kudos to you being the fourth grade Matt Woody getting the courage to to sing in front of why well, obviously people you grew up with, but they have no idea pretty much about this side of you, right? They've never mm -hmm. seen, they've never seen you sing or play instruments or anything. Mm -hmm. And it, it's funny that you say, so in middle or in elementary, you said you had to play instruments. You had to try them out at least. Well, we had to do, we had to do the recorder thing that everybody else did. Um, you know, like third grade, maybe oh, yeah. something yep. like that or what there at some point we had to do the recorder thing, but we had like basically just choir, um, you know, so we had like one day a week or something like that, maybe where we had music class. So like we had, you know, a variety of music teachers, like the elementary music school teacher position was like our version of defense against the dark arts. I swear. Um, oh, really? with, with, with how many teachers that it seemed like we went through, um, <laughs> cause like kindergarten, I remember Miss Magnuson, Mm -hmm. um we had she was maybe there for a couple of years and then I, she finally like retired mm -hmm. um and then there was like miss story who was there for like what felt like a week um <laughs> now do you think do you think these teachers were cycling through because you know they get into this situation and they start teaching and they realize maybe the talent isn't there you know, maybe it's, <laughs> if like they're worried they're, about talent in an elementary school music class, I think they're they're looking for the wrong things. Well, I, I have to ask, because, I mean, if, if they really were cycling as much as you say that they were, there had to have been some sort of common denominator. Right. There had to have been. Um, I think, honestly, it was just circumstances because like Miss Magnuson, you know, she was old. You know, right. so like it yeah. was it was a matter of time before she retired. And like you kind of know how that goes, too, because like really the middle school or the, the elementary school music teacher is just the, you know, just the high school choir teacher. Right. Yeah. So like um, Lewandowski or I think that was I can't remember. I think that was her name. She was like the middle school music teacher, you know, because she was doing choir while we were going through high school. Right. Yeah. So like I think. And I remember with Miss Story, I think she, her circumstances was because like, I think they lived in Stevens Point and I think she found a job closer or some oh, shit wow. like that. I, I don't exactly yeah. remember. I don't exactly remember <laughs> the details there because I was like seven. That's quite a damn hike. 
Yeah, and then and then we had Miss Miss Ivan. Um, yep. like those are the three that I remember because Miss Ivan was like she was the music teacher like my fifth grade year. I did choir my first year of middle school entirely because she was gonna be the choir teacher. Um, oh, well, okay. actually, well, actually, or something like that. Like I knew that she she made it. She made choir very very fun, and then she left, and then. <laughs> Mr. Mr. P took over, um, which was still so weird because he was a math teacher and then suddenly he was teaching choir and it was just so weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I remember Miss Ivan when I first when I first got to Rib Lake and mm-hmm. I I never was in choir. I was I was the band guy. And actually, it's, mm-hmm. it's sort of opposite than. Then the situation, um, you know, that, that you had, it sounds like, because for me, I never, I didn't touch an instrument until mm-hmm. I came to Rib Lake. And at that point it was like, okay, you're either doing choir or music or, or band. They're like, mm-hmm. you pick. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, saxophone mm-hmm. sounds beautiful. So let's give that a shot. Um, and we just went from there, but it was like, it was just like an instant, like love, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I think we ended up very, very lucky given where we went to school from the standpoint of the, the people that we had teaching us and the fact that our district, even though we went to a school of like no people mm-hmm. of how prominent like music programs were there particularly the band like the choir i you know as you i'm sure you remember was unfortunately lacking for some of those years that we were there yeah um just from a number standpoint uh but i talk i talked to people who went to schools in the state bigger than where we went by quite a bit and they had fewer people in their band program than we had you know oh wow and well it's just because in in general you know you see so much focus being put on cutting art spending in schools because they don't think that it's necessarily something that kids need. But like, I think, I think we ended up really, really lucky that our school put such an emphasis that you had to do either band or choir. Cause think Mm -hmm. about it. You, you move in sixth grade. If we don't have that requirement, do you ever join band? Probably not. No, no. Cause in, in, in elementary school, I, there was band, there was an option, but it was like, a, it was optional, but there mm-hmm. was also, um, you know, tryouts. So like you had to audition to get in and mm-hmm. they could turn you away, which I think applies to the whole, um, being pressured to cut spending on, on, you know, band and choir in, in the different arts areas. But, but yeah, no, definitely. If, if it wasn't required, I, I never would have, honestly picked up an instrument mm-hmm. well and and stuff like that is is another reason where as much as i hated growing up in a small town and i absolutely loathed everything about it um to a, <laughs> to a certain extent um we were afforded particular opportunities that i you know or like i was that i never would have gotten had i gone to a larger school like especially in the realm of sports right oh 100 um, Cause like if we had gone to a school where I had to try out for the basketball team or like try out for the track team, like, especially like, you know, my early high school years, part, like particularly the track, yep. I probably wouldn't have made those teams. And I wasn't going to push myself to try and make those teams because, you mm-hmm. know, I, I did it 
because it was fun and I got better because I enjoyed it, but I don't think I would have found the enjoyment or the push to do it if I wasn't part of it in the first place, you know? And, you know, I I kind of alluded to this last week when I was, when I was talking to Landon uh, and, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I let him know that, uh, when my parents decided to move my sisters and I up to Rib Lake, I was very angry with them. Um, but looking back in hindsight, it was the best thing that they could do. And strictly because of that whole opportunity thing, like, so, so before we moved up to Rib Lake, never played an instrument. I, I didn't play basketball. I didn't play, I played, you know, flag football, but you know, it's not the mm-hmm. same, obviously. Uh, I still play baseball, but still, um, like I didn't really get the the need or, or want to do those things uh, because it was more, it was more cutthroat uh, down mm-hmm. in, in, in the Milwaukee area. Whereas uh, we could at least dip our toes in the water in Rib Lake and try things out. If we didn't like it, we could try a different sport. Um, and our parents didn't have to pay a crazy amount of money mm-hmm. for us to be able to do that, which was another thing in Milwaukee. Um, so yeah, the opportunities um, I I'm thankful now that my parents moved us up there because I don't, th- I wouldn't be who I am today if we wouldn't have moved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just kind of, it's a different, it's a different world, you know, between like larger, larger cities, larger school districts, you know, because there's a, a larger pool of people, but the team sizes are the same, you know? Yeah. And like, shoot, I remember, and I mean, we still run into it. A lot of times our sports teams, struggle to field enough people to even be able to put that team together. I mean, that's why we, we have, you know, combined football teams and, mm-hmm. you know, our combined cross country team, because you, you know, we, we, we get between us and Prentice, maybe 10 people that do cross country. I mean, that's right. That's, that's insane. Like that's just a, such a small number, mm-hmm. you know, if you, if you look at it as each is each district separate, yeah. You know, and some schools they've got, they've just got lines out the door for some of the, some of that kind of stuff. Like just, I, I can't, I can't even fathom it. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely can't relate now. Um, mm-hmm. But, but yeah, it was, it was interesting because so coming from a school where, so I think in, in all of Rib Lake high school, it was like 160 kids or something like that give her a give or take you like, know i think 40, that's like yeah like 45 like in our graduating class and the in the class sizes got smaller after our <laughs> our, our grade <laughs> um whereas like a, a class in elementary school in milwaukee even was i mean it was it was almost our whole class you know our graduating class which was so moving up there and then obviously you know where your parents live now um in the middle of fields and in woods. And, you know, it, it was, <laughs> I, I, I wet myself a little bit. Um, so just on a quick side tangent, did you, have you lived in that house? Like ever since you were born? Uh, there was, I think a small period of time, like right after I was born where we lived in the trailer um nothing that i remember because okay. there there are there are definitely some some pictures of me very very young um what like before we actually built my parents built the house um because okay. we actually lived in a trailer on my uncle's property so you know on the farm next door like where they've got like the the place set now and all that stuff like we had our trailer just set down right in the middle of their yard and we we lived there and then 
you know, my parents, my parents built the house. I was probably one or two, maybe. Oh, wow. Um, so pretty much everything that you've ever known is, yeah. is, that, is that house. And for, yeah. the, for those who don't know and have never met Matt or know where he lives, it's a very nice house. Um, you know, it's sort of a background. His dad was a high school history teacher for for decades. He was also still a, is, buddy. Still a, is a, athletic He's... director. Honestly, the Woodies in in the Rib Lake area, Rib Lake Medford area, are pretty close to celebrity. I mean, <laughs> whatever. I mean. I, I, but it's true. Like everyone knows at the very least, everyone knows your dad, right? Because he's, he's taught almost everyone who lives there now. Right. So, yeah. and plus being from there originally, you know, before he started teaching. Um, but it's, it's a very nice house. It's on a very nice, you know, plot of land. He lives next to his uncle and aunt. Um, but it's yeah, it, it's it's cool because he had like the whole upstairs to himself too. So it was like he had his own man cave, um, of you know, pretty much doing whatever he wanted to do within within reason, of course. Wink. <laughs> yeah, well, and I mean, with as far as that part of it goes, I mean, until until fifth grade, you know, my sister still lived at home though because she didn't graduate until two thousand five. Okay. Um, so like I was, I was sharing, you know, the upstairs, like the second bedroom, you know, was Molly's room and I had my room, although mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of ended up taking claim of the, you know, kind of <laughs> the, the, the living room area as it were somehow yeah. one way or another, she just didn't have as much interest in being and hanging out there as I did, um, <laughs> which is fine by me. Um, but yeah, then, I mean, for all intents and purposes, I was basically an only child then from the time I was 10 until, you know, the end of time. So, so, okay. So being a quote unquote only child from the age you were 10 until, you know, now, essentially, I mean, well, until you moved to to Eau Claire, um, Mm -hmm. what do you think that had a part to play in like your, your music tastes and how you just sort of dove into that, uh, that world? Um, my, my taste in music is actually completely dependent on my sister. Um, Oh really? Yeah. Which is funny because Molly and I didn't get along at all at that time in our lives. Well, cause you know, we're nine years apart or so. So, you know, she's, she was 16, 17, 18, you know, I'm like, you're the pesky little I'm, brother. I'm, se- I'm seven, eight, nine. Like our world experiences are, were like completely different. And what we, what we cared about in life were completely different. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't, we didn't really start to get along. I, I think at least, I don't know. She would probably, I would think she probably would say the same thing until she left for college. Um, because we weren't around each other all the time, but like <laughs> I, I got most of my taste in music from her. Cause she would make me mix CDs that I would put in the, my fucking CD player, you know, with the, the old over the ear headphones, headphones, like this was yep. a time before earbuds and she would make like mixed CDs with like, you know, this like early two thousands, um, like alternative rock kind of, or like, it's kind of like that, like that grunge, that grungy era. Right. So like, it was yeah. like a lot of, um, it was like, like sound garden on there and not, well, maybe not grunge so much, but like that kind of like post grunge, like kind of like punk rock. It's like when punk kind of made that transition from like straight punk to more rock. Right. Okay. So it was a lot of it, like, 
she turned me on to three days grace like mm, you know because yep. she would drive me to school a lot of the times too so i'd listen to her music so it was like three days grace it was sugar cult um story of the year um some other bands that i can't think of right now like hoobastank was back to kind of the conversation that we had pre pre pre-recording <laughs> like you know stuff stuff like that like um green day like all that kind of music was like yeah. stuff that I started listening to because of her mm-hmm. and then you know I kind of evolved my own tastes off of that um she she will still never admit to me that Avenged Sevenfold is a good band and we'll have that fight until the end of time I think um <laughs> you know whatever it is what it is but like a lot of that kind of stuff that I I listen to and I still listen to for nostalgia is mm-hmm. stuff that I picked up because of her. Because otherwise, if I got my my taste of music from my parents on my dad's side, I would have been listening to NPR, I guess. <laughs> like he doesn't listen to music, um, and like from my mom, I would have just been listening to like stuff from like the sixties and seventies, you know, because that's when she grew up. That's all, and I do. But that's like, her not. nostalgia music, right? So. Yeah, I and I do listen to that stuff, and I enjoy a lot of it. I just don't necessarily always go out of my way to listen to it, right? Right, right. That's like, yeah, occasional listening every once in a while, but you have you have sort of your core of of where you grew your music taste and mm-hmm. always find a, a way to gravitate back to. It's very mm-hmm. interesting that way. Um, and, and so, so you said you played recorder in you know elementary school. Um, Still thinking about that tweet that I saw the other day. It just makes me so upset. It wasn't a flute. It's a fucking recorder, man. Like, yeah, I've seen a couple of those too. Yeah. Just like why, why how do you think that's a flute? <laughs> like at, at him, least did you give him an education on that? Well, so here's the thing about that, right? Um the person cuz there was like a tweet of like, you know, that that Twitter trend that's kind of going around where people will just post a bunch of random things and like ask people, "What do you think this is?" or "What do you think about this?" or "Did you experience this?" So it was like part of that tweet of like nostalgia, like, "Did you grow up with this kind of stuff?" Yeah. But he had the tweets set so nobody could comment on them except people he tagged in the post, which mm-hmm. is obviously nobody. Yeah. So all you can do is quote retweet the tweets and then hope maybe <laughs> that the person sees it. And I have to think I'm not the only person who quote retweeted that and said, that is a recorder. No, but there's like, no way. I can't, but I can't be sure. That's the problem. Cause the you know reason what I'll do, I'll, I'll go, I'll, I'll quote retweet that. And then <laughs> you can know that you're not the only one. Thank you. Like the reason I saw it is because somebody that I know was going through that thread and quote retweeting and answering the questions, but they didn't call out that that wasn't a flute. And I was like, I have to fix this. <laughs> I can't let I can't let this this smear campaign on the flute go on any longer. <laughs> Giving the flute a bad name. I mean, you know, who would have thought me the person when we did our our music or instrument like tests in, in fifth grade to pick what instrument we wanted to play in sixth grade the person who said i want absolutely nothing to do with the flute the clarinet here i am defending the flute <laughs> did you did you back then ever think you'd be in this position right now no absolutely not defending the flute to the death over a recorder <laughs> no I, it, 
I think if Doctor Strange ran all the scenarios, I don't even think he would see this as one of the possible realities. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's how you know it's real, if Doctor Strange doesn't even... Okay, all right. All right, that's fair. Okay. So so you play you play recorder in elementary school. You mm-hmm. you decided Rock that you want to... Rock buns. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> so what, what led you to ultimately decide on the trombone? Um... Weirdly enough, peer pressure, kind of. Really? Um, yeah, it's it's really funny, actually, of how I ended up where I did with that. Because I was planning, honestly, to probably play the trumpet. Because my mom had her cornet from when she was in high school. Yep. We were basically like, well, you know, save us money that way. The trumpet's mm-hmm. a good instrument. So I was 100% planning to play the trumpet. But then I rode on the school bus. Um, and weirdly, there was a time in my life where i would like uh alex mataika um yep. <laughs> like we were he he rode he rode on my bus um back in the day when roger was the bus driver we had assigned seats on the bus i don't remember did you ever because you would ride the bus did you always have janine when you yes. rode the bus to the okay yep. so before janine our bus route was driven by roger the crankiest old curmudgeon of a man <laughs> you will ever see like he had, we had assigned seats on the bus. So like you would get on the bus and there would be, you know, every above every seat would be like a number or like a letter, you know, like you have to sit in your, your assigned seat by whoever is out in your assigned bus seat. Um, wow. Even I had one and I didn't ride the bus that frequently. Cause I would ride either with my sister or my dad to school. Mm-hmm. And at most I would ride the bus home every right. day. Um, and even then I didn't do that a lot. But he, and he had signs, you know, (laughs) fucking clip art, clip art signs that said, no, absolutely (laughs) no food or beverage allowed on the bus. Like it was. As he's chugging a Mountain Dew or something. (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was literally as oppressive of a school bus environment as there could ever be for a child. Cause like, I would remember the last day of school, everybody else would get on their buses or they would get ready to get on the bus to go home before summer vacation started. And they're like, yeah, we get to have water gun fights on our bus. And we would be like, we have to sit here and let Roger yell at us because somebody was standing up for too long while the bus was moving. Um, Classic. But that sounds awful. It, it was, but to kind of get back to the point, right? Um, I sat, I had to sit, sit by Alex Mataika yep. and we somehow became friends on these bus rides. I don't know how or why it happened. We're very different people as I'm right. sure you know. And yep. anybody who knows the two of us would would say, but we used to play this game on the bus of like, we. I think we just called it driving. We would pretend to be like, truck drivers delivering (laughs) delivering supplies while on the bus um but so then when it was getting time to pick an instrument he was like no you should play the trombone like you should absolutely play the trombone because he played trombone yeah yep um so like when we did like our our you know mr robish brings all the instruments to the elementary school and lets the the fifth graders play you know the instruments to see what they like like i remember i brought in my trumpet so he could just test it and make sure that it was in good condition and stuff like that and we went through we played all the instruments and i kind of ended up liking the trombone quite a bit and between between that and the peer pressure from alex mataika (laughs) saying i should play the trombone and not the trumpet I ended up going home and telling my parents, it's like, I want to play a trombone. 
like I know we have the trumpet and it's going to cost money to do the trombone, but I want to do the trombone. And we, you know, we got that, that rental trombone from Hyde music and the rest is your history. parents just looked at you with, with dead eyes and they're like, what'd you say to me? You little shit. No. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's, it's one of those like weird, like, twists are i think it was absolutely the right decision for me i loved everything about playing that instrument i haven't touched it in years and i'm afraid to because i know it will sound awful <laughs> if i try to make any sound out of it but yeah. i i absolutely loved every every experience of that between you know playing the instrument itself and the opportunities it afforded me to the the you know, the, the trombone section that we had in high school was a fun group. Yeah. Like, you know, um, man, I really, I really want to know what happened to the pep band, the pep band binders. I, I really need to know if, if the big, if the big book of boners is still uh, circulating somewhere in that, in that band section. If it is, I'm sure it's a diluted version of, of what it started out as. Well, I mean, it, it, the one that I left wasn't even the original one because Alex didn't leave it behind because he didn't want chaps to get his hands on it. <laughs> so I had to make, I had to make a second one yep. that I gave to um, Carter Hopkins. Yep. Uh, and then from there, well, actually I gave it, no, I actually, I gave it to Q and then Q gave it to Carter. And from there I have no idea what happens. It's, so okay well we i think we need to we need to pay a visit to the old music room and do you think robish would get mad if we just broke in <laughs> i mean if we broke in probably but i mean like, i'm sure well, if we just i say you know, i say break in but i really mean if we just like showed up like they're they're in the middle playing a song and we just walk in <laughs> and all of them are like who the just hell like, are these guys sup fuckers <laughs> yeah i mean he might be he might not be too fond of of us saying that but um i'm sure i'm sure he would he would enjoy i mean on the inside i guarantee you he'd laugh but you know obviously in front of the students you'd have to be like oh okay hey (laughs) no no (laughs) and then make you make you take a fistful of mr squirrel and uh oh god make an example out of you that thing has got to be just like it's got to be just completely surrounded by pieces of gum now. Like you can't even see the mug anymore. It's just a tower of gum. And for those who don't know what Mr. Squirrel is, who knows this reference in band, uh, Mr. Squirrel was like a, a squirrel shaped like coffee mug. And it had a squirrel handle, right? Yeah. Squirrel handle. Yep. Uh, and what Mr. Squirrel was used for is if one of us students came into the band room during band class with gum in our mouth. Like if we tried to play with gum in our mouth, if, even if we walked in with gum in our mouth, we would get stopped and we had to put our gum into this mug, this squirrel shaped mug. And it just kept building up, building. I mean, by the time we graduated high school, Matt and I, we, we were in the same graduating class. Um, it was overflowing. It was almost two times, like two times filled over with pieces of gum. I, it was years worth of gum that the threat, the threat was if it got to a certain level and you were like the most recent person caught with gum, you had to then eat gum out of Mr. Squirrel. So it was like, a, it was like a threatening, 
like you better not chew gum otherwise look at all this delicious inventory you get to pick from <laughs> i have i have actually two questions regarding the mr squirrel now that we're talking about it one yeah. Do you think that they made Robish get rid of it because of the current, you know, health situation? <laughs> because I just started to think about that. That seems like a very not good thing to have around currently. <laughs> yeah, actually, that, that might be a good question to ask him. Um, but <laughs> you just, someone just, the new, the new principal walks in and, and she's like, um, what is yeah, this what, pile of gum? What is that? <laughs> Is that is that fake gum? Uh, no, absolutely. No, that's been no, here it's, it's for real. fifteen years. Yeah, that's there's real. there's pieces of gum from from the the Bush administration in there. I'm I'm sure I'm sure the gum at the bottom has already started to decompose. Like I'm sure. <laughs> my 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 second question is how much of the gum in that cup do you think was from Brooke Brantner? Oh, man. Because I, it seemed like every single day she was having to put gum in that cup, dude. <laughs> well, I guess the positive part about that is that she never had to withdraw from Mr. Squirrel. She always made a deposit to Mr. Squirrel. Uh, but yes, um, I think more so than anyone that I know of, she she had to, she had to put a lot of pieces of gum into in and around Mr. Squirrel. So I was gonna say I. I feel like most of the time, the most of the infractions I saw in our time <laughs> were, Brooke, were Brooke. It was Brooke. <laughs> most well, of the infractions. <laughs> yeah. Um, while I'm thinking about Robish and yeah. how he would feel about if we walked in and said sup fuckers. <laughs> I, I really am just thinking about the time. Uh, do you remember when we, we got scolded because we were watching, I want to say it was like Robert Palmer's addicted to love the music video. And we were all just being real childish. Cause it was like all the girls and like, you know, like the, like the kind of the one piece spandex. So there was a lot of leg and we yep. were all just acting like predictably children. And so he yelled at us for not being mature and we stopped watching it. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's one time, well, there was a couple of these times, but there was one time in particular, I think it was, I think we were still in middle school. When, um, we, we were, we were warming up, we were getting ready to, to start class and, uh, Zach Butera, um, you know, he, <laughs> he, you know, he dared me to, uh, to yell fuck, uh, at, at, cause, cause everyone at this point, I mean, we're all, <laughs> I remember that now. I was like, "What is it? What is the story?" And I remember that now because we, because during warm up, nobody ever really warms up. We just blow into our instruments as loud as possible, right? So, I was dared to yell <laughs> "fuck" to try to, you know, to be louder than the instruments what? to try to try to get away with it. So, you know, I mean, at that time, I. You no, were I, you got away with so much stuff at that at that particular point in time though, which <laughs> which I think it's kind of what went into it. But I remember it specifically. It was like it was like when you hear like I we get like the weather sirens that go off every first Monday at like eleven o'clock. Like yeah. it was like that that slowly ramping up of like a. Uh, <laughs> like yeah. just like it started as just like a really slow fuck. Yep. Yeah. I, 
I did it gradually. I did it gradually like that because I didn't want to just go full bore and like, and then everyone just stops playing and then it's just awkward silence between me and Robish staring at each other. So I was, it was kind of a gauge. So yeah, I, I started low and I worked my way up. And then <laughs> when I ended, it was loud enough. Robish turned right to me <laughs> and he locked eyes with me and he, he pointed at me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> like, well, I don't think I'm going to get out of this one, man. <laughs> well, that's like, um, this was ma- this had to have been like senior year or maybe junior year. We had a, a piece of music that in our score had like a triple F in it. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I remember I, I remember I wrote in my notes and I used the three F's from it. I just wrote, get loud, motherfucker. <laughs> like real, real, real light. So I knew I'd be able to erase it. He wouldn't see it when I turned the music back in. <laughs> he walks behind us one day and he fucking sees it. And he's like, do we need to have a chat with your father, young man? I was like, nope, no, sir. We'll get rid of that right now. And and for those for those of you who don't know, triple F, uh, an F in music is forte, which is loud. And so you can imagine three Fs. Um, yeah, it like was Matt apt. said, I mean, you get loud, motherfucker, right? So especially because um, we play trombone, we were always playing at forte, anyways. Like. <laughs> Like our, our piano was everyone else's forte. Like see what that like and one thing I want to touch on too is I'm I know you have you have fond memories with, with Robish and mm-hmm. um I know he he was a big influence in you as well. Um but like when he came and said that to you and um <laughs> but like you could tell like yes, obviously he was like he was serious, but like there was a part of him where you knew like um like, I don't know, like he kind of understands, like he, he gets that we're kids and we're just, we're just screwing around, you know, like, um, it wasn't, it wasn't really like a serious threat, but it's still, it's still that 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 feeling his attention was on it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's still that feeling of, I just got found out by an adult doing something that I'm not supposed to do. And even though he's cool and he's just going to like, look the other way and pretend like it didn't actually happen. I felt bad because I got caught. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes no i i totally agree and it's it's that initial shock like oh he actually mm-hmm. noticed because you mm-hmm. you never do anything really to knowing that you're gonna get in trouble or get you know notice like that obviously i mean if you're yelling fuck over <laughs> instruments you probably <laughs> have a good idea that you're gonna get caught <laughs> I, I forgot about that too oh my god well, yeah. And I mean, like you do something like that, like knowing that there's a chance that you could get caught, mm-hmm. but like, you don't think that you ever actually will. Right. Right. Um, I mean, I think in both of those particular circumstances, you know, we were, we were good enough kids. I mean, at, yeah. the, at the time when you did that, we had less of a read on, on what kind of person you actually were at that point in time. But like, you know, <laughs> Yeah. And I think, I think partially too, why I tried to start, you know, doing that stuff is, you know, to, to try and let you guys know that, Hey, I'm a cool dude, you know, like, <laughs> like, you know, I, I'm, I'm just one of the guys, you know, I would, I, I could never, <laughs> I, I would like looking back now, obviously that wasn't the best way to go about that, but it's still, <laughs> I mean, it makes for hilarious memories. God, I, completely forgot all about that too 
there's like it's weird there's so many there's so many experiences in my life that i just have like no memory of at all like there are just like years of my life where i'm just like i don't know i don't know anything that happened other than the broad strokes of you know this was like the through line of the year like i went to school that year and then i finished the school year but i don't remember like specific things that happened in the interim like it's so weird. Oh, really? So it's it, almost like you're on autopilot or something like that. Kind of, but it's like it like stuff like that though. Like if somebody mentions it, I I I will be able to pull back the memory vividly and remember the details of it. But mm. like I can't access it on my own. I need somebody to like take me and shake me and be like, remember, it's stupid. <laughs> and actually, so thinking about uh, these antics that that we've uh, kind of been a part of. I, one of them that always has stuck in my mind, and this isn't like, this isn't bad or anything, I don't think, but back (laughs) in middle school, it was either sixth or seventh grade, I think. And I remember it was, it was a holiday. I think it was getting close to Christmas when we broke out. I don't know if we were in homerooms or just, you know, grades or what it was, but we had to come up. So we were given a Mad Lib, a, a blank Mad Lib sheet. And, and we had to fill in the details about, you know, this obviously Christmas-themed Mad Lib. And I remember it was it was me, it was Zach Butera, it was Tim Flippiak, it was... Oh, God. I don't remember specifically if you were there or not. I just remember them two specifically because um, they contributed the most to this Mad Lib. And our goal was to try to make it as, like suggestive as possible without crossing a line necessarily which is something me personally i've always done you know you know this this is this is something i'm synonymous yeah. with <laughs> uh but you know in finding school, the line and jumping over it is like your your trademark like <laughs> jumping over it just enough to like not actually get anybody like super pissed off but like just just enough over <laughs> just a little i like yeah i like to test water sometimes um <laughs> But this one specifically, we knew beforehand that we were who, like the the class or the homeroom had to designate one person to read it out loud in front of the whole school. And <laughs> I don't remember this. Oh God. <laughs> and I I remember vividly um, just just two key points in there that have stuck with me forever. And one of them, it was about Santa Claus. And uh, oh, no. oh, God. <laughs> one of the pieces of information was it goes into a part about him wearing something. You know, obviously they're trying to get us to say he was wearing like a red coat or something like that. Whereas we put he was wearing leather chaps. And oh, God, it's starting to come back to me now. Just vi- barely. <laughs> oh, no. Oh and no! Then, and then towards the end, he there was an action, right? So Santa was wearing he had his leather chaps on, and he was gonna do something. And the thing that we put down for what he's gonna do is he was gonna take the Browns to the Super Bowl. And <laughs> and I remember saying that line because obviously I got nominated to read it in front of everyone. And so I'm, I'm standing there. Everyone's, uh, everyone else is sitting on the bleachers 
I'm standing there and I'm reading this Mad Lib. And I know when I get to those two points, not to look at the teachers because I know I'm going to get a look. Was, was right? Cardi, was Cardi in the audience for this or not? Yes. He was standing by one of the doors of the gym. <laughs> I just, I can, I can already picture without remembering it. I can already picture what the reaction probably was from him too. <laughs> well, because, <laughs> I made a point not to look at Cardi or any of the teachers, like I said, but I, when I said the leather chaps that Santa Claus is wearing a leather chaps, I looked up in the audience and there was, there was like about three quarters of them were laughing. There was one, about a quarter of them who didn't know what to do. Because obviously, <laughs> like you could tell they wanted to laugh, but they didn't know if they'd get in trouble by egging this sort of behavior on. So, so I knew, you know, I, I felt more confident as I was going on. I said he was wearing leather chaps, got a pretty good laugh. I'm like, all right, this is set me up perfect. This is beautiful. So I get towards the end and I, I made sure to really enunciate the fact that Santa Claus was going to take the Browns to the Super Bowl. And I stopped and I looked up and everyone's laughing this time. And, it, <laughs> and I, I noticed a teacher, I forget, I think it was, uh, who was the guidance counselor? Um, oh, um, uh, Simmerdock. Yes. It's Simmerdock. And she approached me. She was... <laughs> <laughs> She like she she ushered me back into the bleachers <laughs> like, OK, who's next? <laughs> but I knew in that moment that I succeeded like this was because, yeah, like my heart was pounding like you felt in fourth grade when you were about to belt out those lyrics to Les Mis. I was my heart was pounding outside of my chest because not only were my peers watching me, but I could very well be put in detention or something like that. Depending you had on... to sit at the bleachers at lunch, bud. Watch oh, everybody man. play basketball. Yes, and eat in the bleachers, which I was very uncomfortable. I hated it. I only had to do it one time. One, one, one god awful time. I think I had to. I had to eat in the bleachers for a week. <laughs> maybe. Yep. Well, actually, actually, no, that's not true. I had to be up there a couple of times because of not doing my homework and getting put on the RLMS list. But I only, list, I only got put up there once because I actually got in trouble. And that was when we had that that rampant surge of everybody ball tapping each other. <laughs> do you remember that? Oh, do I, my friend? I remember. I remember and I remember being in Cardi's office and him <laughs> being like, how do you think this is a good idea? Like, what, what do you what do you gain from this? And, and, and I'm pretty sure he was trying to figure out why or where it started. And I just didn't say anything. So I, <laughs> who, do I, you know where it did start? Fuck if I know, dude. And Probably. so, yeah, obviously the ball tapping was, was one of those phases. Another one that, that holds true in my mind is pantsing. Yup. <laughs> we, dude, we had so many bad things go around in our middle school years between ball tapping, pantsing and slap ass Fridays, which slap ass Fridays. I forgot about that one, which like in hindsight now, wow, that was awful. Um, <laughs> yeah. That would, I mean, that would so not fly at all. 
in, no, in and I mean to be fair, it was bad at the time, and it sh- and it really wouldn't have flown other right. than the fact that teachers didn't know about it. You, but right, right, there was a lot less teachers moving around in between classes than there are now. Yeah, uh, that was one of those periods that I look back at, and I'm just like, oh no. <laughs> And like, that was one of those things I never took part in myself because one, that, that crossed the line into the territory where I was too much of a goody two shoes to ever, to ever jump into that. Right. (laughs) And two, because I so desperately wanted girls to like me that I knew that that was not the way to go about it. And like, clearly it didn't work in, regardless for me in that, in that, that way, (laughs) but like. You know, I mean, just so your mentality was okay. If I don't partake in slap ass Fridays, one one woman one day is going to just stop in her tracks on her way to class, turn to me, and say, "Matt, I love you." That was always the dream. (laughs) To be clear, for (laughs) me, I participated in slap ass Fridays, but I never slapped girls' asses. Okay, I always I only slapped my friends' asses who were men. Okay, I feel, I feel like to kind of shift to, to to talk more about the pantsing. I feel like that was only Casey. <laughs> I feel like it was only Casey who ever got pants. Am I am I wrong? See, or... it doesn't it doesn't help though that he wore thongs. Well, like I this think was, that was this was the... this was before that though. He didn't start wearing the thongs until like like freshman year of high school so then i must be mistaking because yes Maybe. in high school he was the only one who got pantsed because he was wearing thongs well, but in middle school i remember specifically for me i got pantsed right outside of mr ditloff's class in between classes <laughs> so I, were, do, I do remember that <laughs> so there were a ton of us students walking to our respective mm-hmm. classes at our lockers etc and cody wocek comes out of nowhere like yeah. a bullet out of a gun and right like i'm five feet from the door and boom oh. my pants disappear and i'm standing there like what in the what just happened and he's i look down little fucker <laughs> i look down and my pants are on my ankles and i'm looking around to see if there's a teacher around because then obviously i'm there with my pants down i'll probably get you know, I'll get in trouble for, you know, trying to flash somebody or something. Uh, but, <laughs> but like, no, it, in middle school, the pantsing was, it was rampant. It was a bunch of well, people got in on that action. Yeah. Now, now that you mentioned Wojcik, I do remember you and him seemed to go back and forth on it a lot, but I remember it with Casey so much because he just always wore like gym shorts or like yeah. just shorts all the yeah. time and it just he just just the ease. he just made yeah he just made himself a perfect target for shit like that and i speaking of casey wearing shorts the my most my favorite story of casey and the fact that he was wearing shorts was in high school when i may or may not have thrown a party at my my family's land do they do they do they know about this or is this they the first do part? they okay. do yes yes um so i guess I'll, I'll tell that story because it's a fun one to relive so <laughs> so like on a thursday i think derek teamy zach butera calvin probes the cousins right 
they're they're walking around the gym you can tell they're thinking about something and i go over there you know i'm like hey guys what's up and they're like man we're trying to figure out you know where to throw this party this weekend they're like oh yeah yep that could be tricky that can be a tricky decision and they're like johnson johnson you you know of anywhere and i'm like uh no and i think it was teamy he was like um what about your what about your land over by over by the batikas like that's plenty enough room in my head i'm like you idiot no like do you understand i will get murdered if if anything like that was to happen <laughs> and they just kept egging it on they're like yeah you know what it's it's on a it's on a back road we can get people to park you know in the woods or something no one's gonna notice so with this being my first experience um back lending road that's less than half half a mile off of the highway yes yeah so in my experience i i don't know like uh, Obviously, they have their family is land on both sides of my family's, right? So I'm like, okay, they can figure something out. So I agree to it. And I'm like, but listen, you have to understand there can't be many people that come to this. Like, how many people are you thinking? And Father Time, which is Derek Teamy, he looked at me dead in the face and he's like, uh, 50 max. 50 max i'm like okay i can deal with that number so what i do is after school i i go to my i go to my mom initially because she's the one who's easier to um you know to to bring that kind of stuff up with like hey mom you know but i, I phrased it as like i wanted to have a fire right I, i'm like mom can me and a couple friends have a fire at the trailer tonight in the middle of winter in Wisconsin. Yes, it, I remember it was March 10th. It was March 10th. That, like, there was so much snow, and that was what you went with, with a fire? Listen, I'm not <laughs> saying it was a good <laughs> excuse, <laughs> but it, 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 seemed, it worked. It worked. Uh, you know, I looking back now, I'm pretty sure my mom knew that there was something else going on. But nevertheless, she said, hey, okay, be careful. Have fun. Don't get in trouble. And I'm like, okay, okay, mommy, I won't. I promise. And so, <laughs> so I go there. Obviously, like you said, it's like it's March. It's in the middle of March. Snows everywhere. I mean, there's no there's no hope at all of of digging out that fire pit. And uh, so, of course, we got to do it in my in my shed that we just freshly built at the time. And so I get there. And Father Time's already there. He he's got he's got his shagging wagon, that Buick that he drove around, and he was he was already waiting there. He's he's already got he's already got like a package of red solo cups. He's ready to go. So I get out, I'm like, Father Time, what's up, man? How long have you been here? He's like, ah, 45 minutes. <laughs> and I'm like, what? You just been sitting here for that long? He's like, Yeah. I just figured I'd get here early. You help set up. So I'm like, okay. And then I asked him, I'm like, okay, so, and, and mind you, they said they would do all the inviting, all the, you know, figuring out, getting kegs and all that kind of stuff. And I just had to provide the space. So I'm like, hey, what's the update? You know, what, what are we expecting here? He's like, um, yeah, uh, 
it might it might go a little bit uh, a little bit more with people than I originally thought. I'm like, uh, wh- what like does that 200 mean? Hundred people. Yes, two hundred sons of bitches, dude. Like, <laughs> and that was that's that's how many people like ended up being there. Like, there were still people on the way from like Loyal. There were people on the way from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Like, I don't even know how the word got out that far to it or why it was even worth it to drive three plus hours <laughs> to come to a, you know, but you know, the, the, the road was filled with cars, dude. Well, and I remember because I didn't really want to have anything to do with it, but I was there <laughs> and we, and we couldn't have people driving down the driveway because they were going to get their car stuck in the snow. Yes. Which if this party happens in the summer or the spring, things probably go a lot better because then people can get their cars up the driveway. There's a place to park. There's not fucking 75 cars yeah. parked along the side of this tiny, tiny, tiny road. Yeah. Um, but I had my car parked at the end of the driveway to get people to not drive down the driveway. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I just remember like just day after stuff, there's a big, big dent on the top of my car because somebody decided to climb over the top of my car and just stand on it and put a gigantic dent in the roof. Later do I find out it's Casey that did it. Ritzel. No. <laughs> Mother, motherfucker. So, so to can yeah, so so it ends up being there's 200 people there and the the roads, I mean from all the way from the highway up until like the Wataika's house past past my driveway. It's there was a line of probably a sides. mile long. Oh, like on, a mile yeah, long. On both sides. And there were people that were coming, like parents were dropping kids off and then driving away. So there would have even been more. How do you think they that was say. a good idea? Right, right. So now mind you, this party only lasted like two hours like from seven to nine. Right. And, and there were 200 people there and I was starting to freak out because so in my, in the shed, there was a makeshift bar that was set up. Right. So Cody Van Leuven was in there. He was manning the bar. He was handing out shots. Oh, this is when he got, this is when he ran into the woods, isn't it? Yes. Yes. And And they were handing out condoms as well. And that's partially why my parents found out. Because there were condoms littered everywhere. And for months after that, like my dogs kept bringing back like condoms and shoes. People would ran through the woods and they lost their fucking shoes. And the dogs kept bringing back the shoes. And my dad was like, what the hell? Like, where is this stuff coming from? I could just, I could, I could see your dad already. Just like. So. So it's, it's, it's getting close to nine and I just feel in my gut, I'm like, man, this is not going to end well. Like, (laughs) like just taking just assessing the situation, how many people are in the shed, how many cars we have lined up on both sides of the damn road. I'm just like, man, yikes, yikes. So nine o'clock rolls around and I start to walk up the road to you guys. You were up there. Uh, you were kind of manning the driveway and I, I started walking up there and Matt, you're gone. And I'm like, Oh shit. 
And then I look down the road a little bit and I see the lights. I see the red and blue lights flashing. I'm like, oh, fuck. And I see this one kid who I've never met before in my life sprint <laughs> past me to get to the shed. And I, I just turn around. I book it. I beat this kid in a foot race to my shed and I get up in front of, I'm like, everyone, the cops are here. It's busted. Get the hell out of here. And you know what people said? They weren't even like, Oh yeah. Let's get the hell out of here. They were like, prove it. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, play me the radio. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like the cops are coming. Get out of here. They're like, no, just keep partying, man. I'm like, I didn't know about that. And then right as they're denying me, one cop takes the big door. They close it off. And then one takes the back door. So we're closed in. Everyone on the inside is closed in. And everyone had to take a breathalyzer to get out of the shed. Um, And that's where the whole, the, the long way about Casey and shorts is that it was March 10th full of snow Casey Ritzel was wearing jean shorts he was there he he asked the cop to if he can take a piss and his grand idea was okay if he can take a piss he can escape so he the cop lets him out of the shed to take a piss so he's taking a piss again in his jean shorts and he comes up with this brilliant idea just to book it into the woods to his credit, he te- he did get away, but <laughs> he he messed up his shins. His shins were messed up for at least oh, a that's year. Right. And I remember in Mrs. Curran's class, very shortly thereafter, she's like, Casey. <laughs> oh yeah. She's like, Casey, oh, yeah. what's wrong with your legs? <laughs> And Casey looks at her. She's he's like, Yeah, Mrs. Curran, I, I'm sorry. I was playing, I was playing tackle football in the snow this weekend. She's like, Casey, that's not very smart of you. Next time play put some pants on. And he's like, okay. But just to clarify, he did not play f- tackle football in the snow. He was running through my oh woods my God. in jean shorts from the cops, and he lost both of his shoes right i forgot about that (laughs) like so to kind of backtrack a little bit too uh, like my perspective of kind of that whole night so yeah like i I said i was at the end of the driveway keeping watch i remember i walked back to the shed maybe a couple of times i really wasn't there to party or to drink i was basically there just because you're like bro i need help yes like yeah making sure this doesn't get out of control so you know i know at one point i walked back down to my car i'm just kind of hanging out I'm just chatting with some there somebody up there with me that I was kind of talking with. And I remember uh, Jake Fuchs comes down the road looking for Andy. And he's like, Andy, dad says you need to leave. Like Foxy said that Andy needed to leave because he knew that this was going to go bad. And I was like, if Foxy thinks this shit's going to get out of control, I need to get out of (laughs) here. Well, like writings on the wall. Yeah. So like what I do is I get my car out and I'm like, I can't take the right. Cause if I take the right, I know the cops are probably almost here and I'm going to get caught by them and I'm going to have to 
tell them what I was doing. So I take the long way around. So I take the left out of your driveway. I drive all the way up to, to Shady to Shady Lane and yeah. I take the long way around the block to get back onto the onto the the county highway to to drive back to my house. It's not even 15 minutes after I get home, I get a Facebook message from somebody that they're like, I heard the party got busted. I was like, <laughs> oh. Yeah, so I was one of the people who was locked in the shed <laughs> and I had to take a breath. Luckily, I didn't drink anything because I was, I was, right. yeah, I mean, well, that, and I was like, I, I didn't want anyone to break any, uh, a tractor or any, you know, <laughs> anything like that. So I took a breathalyzer, blue zeros, got to leave. I snuck back into my trailer and I went to sleep. Um, <laughs> but the best part of that was for me, at least it was, um, it's because father time had invited everyone. They thought it was his party. They thought he was the one who th put this on. So when the cops asked whose party this was, and he was the one walking around with the solo cups, they said mm -hmm. the guy walking around with the solo cups. So they went looking for him. <laughs> well, and I remember after the fact, I had to get, I had to talk to our athletic director or one of them. Um, Cause we, our school had two athletic directors, basically. My dad was one. And then we had Mr. our, Weiss. I had to Weiss. do the same dude. Because, because it was at your property and because yeah. all of the members of our band that we were in were there at the time, they thought that the event was being hosted by our band. I was like, no, our band had absolutely nothing to do with this. The fact that we were all there is just coincidental. Yes, it was on Jake's property. Yes. I can't say anything about that. But like the band itself, we had nothing to do with because he basically wanted he wanted me to admit that I helped plan the party. And I'm like, I was just there. I'm like, yeah, I was helping to keep people from driving down the driveway. But that was just because I got asked to help out. <laughs> I had nothing to do with putting this together. Yeah, I I have a similar experience. I got pulled into Mr. Weiss's classroom and uh Yep. He's like, Hey, 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 JJ, um were you aware that there was a, a party that went on at your at your at your land this weekend? He's like, What what did you do this weekend? I'm like, What? I'm like, really? Like we we had heard something, but I I had no clue about it. I, I tried to play the stupid card. I didn't yep. get in trouble. Like it seemed to work because I think I, I, um, I told him that I think someone broke onto our property um, and just had a party. <laughs> had a party. Uh, and, but the good thing, because um, the, the, the police never ended up calling my parents. Because they did think it got broken. Like it wasn't, you know, they did think that kids just went on the property at a party and left. And there were three kegs there, dude. I mean, there were three. So one got tapped, two of which were still in a snowbank the next week. And my dad, again, he's like, uh, the hell is this? Like, why are there two kegs in the snowbank? <laughs> I'm like, ah, all right, dad, here's what happened. <laughs> like, well, and the thing is too, for 
the way that parties, like particularly high school parties, happened around our area, that's not super unlikely for it to just be people finding a random place of land and throwing yeah. a party. Because, I mean, you think about it, like – we had parties in gravel pits. We had parties in random places in the woods that who knows who owned that land. Dude, like miles we, out. Yeah. Yep. In the middle of that, nowhere. Okay. That graduation night party, like our senior year, why the hell was that like 45 minutes away? <laughs> like that was such a long way to drive. And like, this is before like smartphones, right? Yeah. So like nobody's got GPS on their phone to tell you how to get there. You just get the directions from somebody who's like, yeah, you go all the way down, uh, go down this highway. You'll see uh, this weird, this weird looking house, take a right there, take the next left, go down five miles and then walk 15 minutes to some random clearing in the middle of the woods. Or you, or you have to look it up on MapQuest. Remember MapQuest? You print out the directions on sheets of tangible uh, paper. What a fucking dystopia 2013 was. And um, it's crazy, like, we're even saying that now. Like, cause we don't even feel like we're that far removed from it. But it's was, almost been 10 years. I was still I was still three months from getting my first smartphone that when we had our graduation night party, yep. I think. Because mm-hmm. um, I didn't get my first smartphone until, like, right before, uh, right before I left for college, I think. Yeah, I got mine in August of that. So I was yeah. I was still rock I was still rocking a flip phone. Yeah. Um, I was rocking a slider, the oct or the flip technically the octane. Mm-hmm. That's the phone everybody had. Because <laughs> I yeah I had the I had the LG octane too, um, and then I got my Galaxy three, and then I switched to an iPhone, and then I switched. I stayed with the iPhone for a bit, then I switched to a Motorola, and now I'm back on iPhone forever, baby. Yeah, I don't plan on changing from from iPhone. I mean, I, it's just it's just too nice. Yeah, like I I just like the the build and the software and how clean it is. Uh, Apple sponsored this podcast, please. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'd piss myself. I'd be like, hell yeah. Steve Jobs ghost comes back from the dead to be like, Hey, you want some money? <laughs> hey, um, do you know a place where we're going to have a party? But like, like that's the thing. Cause I remember, I remember so many of those parties, not that I went to a lot of them because by the time I wanted to start partying, mm-hmm. I had already had that reputation of the kid who doesn't party. So people <laughs> never invited me. Like I always had to kind right. of find out about them like secondhand and then hope that people would be like chill if I showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I remember, yeah, I remember a party back in the gravel pits up in Westboro. I remember, do you remember the root beer kegger? I do remember that. Yes. Uh, what a, f- <laughs> that then, root beer kegger got, was, and then they got pissed because idea. people were actually bringing booze when the well, whole thing was staged so that the cops would get called and they would come and we would all be tapping a root beer keg, you know, <laughs> it's, it just, it takes, it takes an extreme amount of confidence that nobody is going to bring any alcohol or get like get caught that when the cops show up that you get kids with red solo cups down on one knee chugging root beer <laughs> because they know that they can't actually get in trouble other than maybe trespassing because technically we were on a campground, you know? Yeah. Like I would love to know how people found these places to do this. Like, were they just driving by? Like, hey, let's do it. Right there. I mean, a lot of it, I think, is just years of, 
of time, you know, years of using those same places as parties, you know, um, like camp, camp eight or camp, whatever that one was. I think that that had been a spot for forever, which is why the root beer kegger was held there because that was like the spot that like the cops always know about, like that they're always nearby because that's like the first place anybody thought of. They've got an undercover guy as, as a tree (laughs) just in that area. Oh, so that's why that tree blinked at me. <laughs> oh, well, like, uh, so, so sort of alluding to what you had said before about um, and sort of how we got on this whole tangent is basically about um, the <laughs> about us doing all these different stunts, right? All these different things that we did, uh, whether it's a pantsing, slap ass Friday, if it's you know, if, if it's you know, going to these parties or having any sort of part of these parties, uh, you had mentioned that the reason you didn't partake in Slap Ass Friday was because you wanted to fall in love and you thought that that was the key to love. Now, I wanted to touch on relationships here because you are, as I would say, a, a sex magnet. Um, you, <laughs> I think, I think my been, track record here recently would beg to differ, but sure. Well, recently, I mean, but I mean, throughout the years, you've had your, your fair share of girlfriends. And I can tell you with a certainty, like each one of your previous girlfriends has been, I guess, a different experience. Meaning like they're <laughs> like the difference between them personality wise, like always mm-hmm. is like, holy shit. Like good for <laughs> you, dude. Like how, like, <laughs> so like, like my question is with, with your past relationships, right. Have, and these girls being so different from one another, was it just what you were feeling in the time or, or like, <laughs> like, I guess what, what's a, a determining factor when you, you know, when you want to try to court a fine lady? I mean, I think my, what it, what it kind of comes down to is one, I have a, I guess a fairly large array of interests in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it's one of those things though, too, where I, I, I've come to terms and I've, I've realized over the years I have, uh, I got to find maybe the right way to phrase it, but like a very malleable personality as like, almost like I can kind of, I have different parts of my personality that can stick to different people or like I can kind of not to sound like a psychopath. Um, but I can like, depending on who I'm around or who I'm with, I could potentially come off as a very different person or like, you know, seem like I'm into very different things. Um, right right you know yes yeah and that's sort of my curiosity because it's it definitely seemed like and what you're trying to say i think is you have um almost like a a honeycomb of personalities again not to make you sound psycho but like i know what you mean like you have there's different aspects of your personality that become more prominent when you're with somebody that may bring out that specific trait oh yeah, and I, and I mean, to kind of go back onto what I said before, I guess, which kind of starts this whole thought, um, not even just in like relationships, just in general, growing up and still to a certain extent now, 
I just wanted to be liked so badly by people mm-hmm. um, that I would just kind of find ways to, with whichever group I was currently with, just kind of let the parts of my personality, like I was still being me, yeah. but like not a hundred percent me, you know? So I right. would let parts of my personality that fit in with whatever group or, you know, whatever social setting, I mean, kind of take over and take the wheel as it were. Yes. Um, you know, it's just because I wanted, I wanted to be able to fit in, which, you know, I don't think was ever entirely completely successful because I still have a lot of, a lot of thoughts about how I felt like I didn't fit in high school, um, for various reasons or, or others, but and listen, I, I want to be clear about something. I don't think I can relate to that feeling because um, first and foremost, when I when I came to Rib Lake, that was something that I tried to do early and often is try to get you guys to like me. Mm-hmm. And whether that was me yelling fuck at the top of my lungs in the middle of band class, if that was me making suggestive Mad Lib remarks in front of the entire school, um, you know, or whatever, because there was little things like that, that I did throughout pretty much my whole time uh, in middle and high school. But I, I did notice there was a change going, going into eighth grade year, starting to go into high school where um, I started to let more of me as a whole show instead of just trying to pick and choose like, okay, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna like this, they're gonna find this hilarious, or, Mm. you know, stuff like that. So um, I think there was, there was that, that change. And I, I noticed for you too, that was the same thing. And, and you, you say you felt like you were an outsider or you were different, which I, I will say that's not a bad thing because you've always been your own guy. And that's something I've always respected about you is that you've always blazed your own path, regardless of anything that's going on in life and in the world you, you still stay true to yourself and you, you do your own thing, which not a lot of people can do, man, honestly. And, um, and that's you know, partially why, um, you know, I brought up the whole thing about music to begin with, because that's something that was different about you. It was, you were very musically well gifted, but also focused in, in, in what you did. I mean, obviously you played sports, right. And, and mm-hmm. you did that kind of thing, but the main thing that I think really made Matt, Matt, was more of the music, right? Listening to music, you were, you know, learning how to play different instruments, your guitar, for example, you, you know, starting to sing more on your own to try to, um, to try to, to hone that craft as well. Whereas not a lot of people were doing that. I mean, yeah, me, I mean, I, I felt like I was pretty musical too, but, uh, but I think, I think for you, music was a driving force in your life. And I don't know, I don't know if it still is, um, but I, I just wanted you to know that, you know, you're your own guy. And I appreciate that, dude. And you should not be. And when thinking about life, you shouldn't have regrets about that because not a lot of people can do that. Like people try to be their own person, but they can't. So the mm-hmm. fact that you did it, seemingly without even trying very hard was is big props, man. Big props to you. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I, now let's make up. <laughs> okay. <what? laughs> sure. Um, no, like to kind of to kind of go into that. I, he, that 
particular thing is actually something that I've been, I don't want to say if I'm struggling with, but like it, if I, if I picked up my guitar, if we tried to get the band back together, like next oh, weekend, it, it would not be good. <laughs> it's, it, it's one of those things. Um, when I went to college, I just, I don't know if I lost the time or if I lost the drive or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I was still doing marching band and stuff like that. And I played in some ensembles. So I was still playing like my trombone, but like, you know, the guitar, I just kind of stopped playing more and more and more. And like, yeah. you know, now I'm, I'm at a point where I'm like trying to relearn. Like I, uh, if I go back, cause there's still those videos, a couple of videos on Facebook from when we played at ice age days. Oh yeah. Um, I watched those and I'm like, how, how was I playing at that level? And like, I didn't even feel like I was very good at that particular point in time, right. but like, good Lord with com- compared to where I'm at now, it's just like, I would, I would kill to be as good now as I was then, because it's like, it's the one kind of like the one thing that I had at that particular point in time mm-hmm. was just like, I would come home and I would sit, I'd play guitar and I'd learn songs and this, that, and the other way. Whereas like now the focus I think has more shifted towards less from, I think that side of myself, you know, music and that more towards like gaming now, I guess. Yeah. And that could have a little bit to do just with the fact that my career is more on a trajectory toward technology or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But it's like now I fill my free time more with with gaming. And I think it's maybe because I have the agency to buy games, you know, whenever I want. Right. Play games whenever I want. Whereas growing up, I would have to beg my parents to buy me a new game every couple of months. Where now like wallet wallet issues with standing i can pretty much buy whatever games i want whenever i want right yeah yep um like especially plus too with gaming it it, from our conversations before we started recording the podcast here it sounds like there's uh there's a there's more of a sense of community with with that you found with gaming like a lot of people who are also gamers play the same games as you and you you guys can relate on that level so i think Mm -hmm. that definitely helps foster you know the the desire to to keep going down that road you know Mm -hmm. well yeah i mean the the group of people that i talk to most now like that discord you know group that i was we were kind of talking about just briefly before we started i mean that basically started or like I found kind of that group by accident, but then my involvement with talking with them started because of Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Like we were just playing Minecraft together and it just kind of, we continued to play Minecraft together. And then that turned into playing like smash bros and um, other, you know, other games. And like right now I've got uh, my one friend, Max and I were playing through, we're playing Civ six together. We're doing like a, a Pokemon, like a, like a co-opt Nuzlocke run kind of deal. Um, so like if, if you're not kind of familiar with the concept of a Nuzlocke, basically it adds permadeath to Pokemon in the sense of if, if one of your monsters faints in battle, it is mechanically dead. So you either have to release it or put it in a PC box, never to use it ever again through the the rest of the run on top of, on top of that, um, you can only catch whatever when you go into a new area in the game you can only catch the first monster that you see like the first pokemon that you encounter in that area that's the only pokemon that you can get from that area and you have to stick with it and that's and you only get one 
one opportunity. So if you accidentally faint it, trying to catch it, then you don't get a Pokemon from that route. Um, oh, yikes. But we're doing like a soul link where like on top of that, our parties are paired up. So like the Pokemon that we catch in one area are linked. So we have to have that link in our party together. Like we can't be like, we have to have our party set up based on, you know, where we caught those Pokemon and things like that. And right. it's just, it's crazy. We were, we, we did our first one on Sunday night of uh, playing like the new game, like the newest games, like sword and shield. We didn't even get to the first gym leader before we got absolutely destroyed. We, we started a, another one yesterday and we're making our way towards the second gym now, but like, it's just stuff like that. It's just like stuff that I didn't, don't get to experience otherwise, you know? Right. It adds, it adds, higher stakes to Pokemon obviously it, it it's like life or death it, literally like <laughs> yeah. so I, I mean that's like that that's really cool to me too because I mean I game as well but I'm not I'm not a PC gamer I don't I've, I've always been PlayStation guy um so obviously well, well, I, I play more of the mainstream games but um so like what what got you into like into PC gaming, is it just because you, you know, use computers a lot in general and it was just an easy transition or uh, do you just, do you just like that better than console? It was just kind of a, a gradual transition. I think, I mean, I had wanted to build myself a computer since I graduated high school. You, you go back and you'll see if you check my Facebook memories, there's a post after, you know, the summer between, um, Either it was either after graduating high school or between my freshman and sophomore year of college at lacrosse mm-hmm. that I posted something about my project for the summer was going to be that I'm going to build a computer. And obviously that never happened. Uh, but I had always, I had always had interest in it because when I started school, my, I went for, I was going for computer science. Like my plan was to get a computer science degree from lacrosse before I changed my mind about 10,000 times. Yep. Um, and went back towards art and music stuff um kind of in theater and things like that um but so then i had a couple years ago i had been like okay i'm gonna actually build this pc i want to build this pc i want to do it for myself and so i slowly started gathering parts i started by ordering a case and a power supply and i sat on those parts for like two years (laughs) um because i couldn't because i was like i'll just buy things a bit at a time and i just could never my, I was never in a financial situation where I could continue to keep financing that. So then I, last year, I finally was at the point where I could finally start building, you know, buying more things. So I bought, you know, the CPU, I bought the graphics card, I bought motherboard, RAM, I bought everything else that I needed in the course of like three months, maybe. Okay. Um, and I built it and, you know, I wasn't necessarily planning to use it for gaming outside of like games that I had already on my steam account that I played on my laptop and things like that. And as I was doing that, it would just became started to become more and more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just slowly started phasing out more of more of the console gaming. I, I still play my PlayStation four cause there are games that I have on there that I don't have on PC, yeah. but I find myself now in the situation, if a game is coming out on both, I'm more likely to buy it on PC um, than I am to buy it on console because usually the experience is a little bit smoother and I get better looking games because I have better graphics than what a console can afford. Granted, I paid the price of a Nintendo Switch just to get my graphics card, basically, (laughs) but you know. 
that's not See, that, or there. that's a part of the the pc gaming that's that's very um intimidating mm-hmm. to me is is not only you know trying to track down because there's so many different assortments of like graphics cards and power supplies and cases and everything pretty much mm-hmm. um so like just the fact of narrowing down what components that I would want, <laughs> like what manufacturer, you know, how many gigs of RAM or, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff is, is intimidating, but also then you have to put it together, which that part's also, actually really easy. Really? Because that's, it, yeah. that's to me that, that, that seems kind of intimidating as well, but that's, I would imagine that's not as bad as trying to corral all those pieces together first. Right. No. And that's actually what I was going to say. Honestly, planning out the build and figuring out what parts you want to get and what what you want to put in it is honestly harder than actually building the machine mm-hmm. because the parts parts are so universal there's so many video guides online and even the the manuals that you get with the components usually walk you through pretty well this needs to plug into this spot and then this gets screwed into the case in this particular spot and so on and so forth Right. What what really kind of helped kickstart me to get back into fi- it and finishing it was, um, you know, my my one coworker Cotter when he started working with me because he had a finished PC and we would talk about gaming and stuff like that and it, it was one of those things where I could start bouncing things off of him and just getting opinions on this this part and this part and and this and that and having somebody to talk it through with helps a ton like somebody who kind of knows what they're doing and. Right. On top of that, if you ever need ideas, I mean, PC Part Picker has got so many builds, so many builds. Plus, you can, if you have an idea of, I want this particular thing, what else can I get to go around with it? You can start to build your parts list and it tells you what works with the parts you've picked and this, that, and the other way. So you know that you're getting a machine that all the parts are compatible and that they're going to work together. And it's, oh, okay. Yeah, it's super it seems super, a whole lot better easy. than mm-hmm. than just saying all right have at it <laughs> well yeah like getting into pc gaming has probably never been easier than it is right now but i will say the one thing that i will will continue to say is kind of the drawback of pc gaming is the initial cost to get in on it yeah um because of all of the overhead with components and parts and things like that like yeah my graphics card was like 370 dollars 350 dollars something like that um and my cpu is was you know another couple hundred dollars and i've actually replaced the cpu that i originally bought um so i you know on top of on top of you know upgrading and things like that to kind of tweak my system to where i want i probably put in 1400 sweet mama okay ish ish, ish. i mean i know in doing some research i know that that's not nearly as much as it can be uh but i've found that that's that's a good crossroads of quality um you know a bang for your buck so to speak well that's the thing there's not much that this computer can't do of the things that i need to ask it to for like gaming and the programming work that I do for my classes that I'm taking Mm -hmm. this thing I can run I can run pretty much every game that I want on max settings like I can play like granted I'm I'm not into that for like 1440p or 4k gaming I don't have a monitor that supports that but like at 10 at 1080p you know at high def resolution I can run 
pretty much any game that I want easy over 60 frames. Um, like I was playing Borderlands three. I think that I'm pretty steady, like 70 to 80 frames a second. Um, okay. I mean, play, playing Valorant. I think I was like 300 frames a second. <laughs> like, wow. Well, and, uh, does the frames per second now, does that matter more for when you're streaming? Right. Because you do stream now. Mm-hmm. Is that, does that matter more for the stream part of it? Or like, do you actually notice a tangible difference when you're playing those games? Not necessarily a difference when you're playing like between 30 and 60. Yes. And this was the thing before I got into PC gaming, people would always complain of consoles are stuck at 30 frames a second. I'm like, what big of a difference does that really make? And now that I'm used to it, it's the same thing, right? Like if you think about when we used to watch YouTube videos back when we were in high school before 1080p, before mm-hmm. even like 720, yep. we would watch videos at 480 and we would be able to, to see everything in that picture clear as day and know exactly what was going on. You get a video in 480 now and you're like, how do you, how do you see yeah, anything, awful. right? <laughs> and so it's, as your eye gets used to it, you start to notice the difference when you go back to those lower things so like between 60 and 30 absolutely higher frame rates beyond kind of that are more so for competitive advantage in like shooter shooting games like counter-strike call of duty valorant because the higher the frame rate um the more responsive everything is because the screen is refreshing that much more often so it gives you just a little bit tighter precision you're not going to necessarily see the difference mm-hmm. but you will feel it when you're playing but right? you might like when you like you said so for valorant and maybe if you play call of duty um it's if you have that extra frame rate i think you might be able to see maybe someone coming around a corner a millisecond faster and recognize it then maybe that they will if they're playing on a PS4 or an Xbox, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you'll and you'll find you'll find that your aim it just feels that much smoother, right? Like you'll be able to snap to points maybe a little bit easier than you would if you were playing like at like 60 or 30 frames, basically. Um because okay. like I said, you don't see a big difference once you get, in my opinion at least, once you get past 60 frames, like the, the real big difference that I noticed, and this is where I really started to realize that you, I can certainly tell a difference now between 60 and 30, is in Borderlands 3, all of the cutscenes are locked at 30 frames per second because hmm. there's no gameplay going on. They really don't need those higher frame rates. But so you would can... constantly switch between your higher frame rates during the actual gameplay and then the 30 frames during the cutscenes. <laughs> Correct. And you can you can certainly tell the difference in the way certain animations move and things like that. Like not to the point that it's super distracting per se, but mm-hmm. you can definitely be like, oh, okay. That's definitely a difference. You yeah. know. <laughs> okay. So well, yeah, it, it sounds like PC gaming and because obviously, ideally, I would like to be able to to be able to do that. Um, just because, like you said, with uh, uh, there's a, there's little edges that that a PC gamer has over a true console gamer, and um, obviously, I'd still play with controller because that's just the way that I you know the way that I love it. But um, you get used to mouse and keyboard eventually. <laughs> But that until that point, from the moment I switch to mouse and keyboard until I get good, mm. it's absolute garbage. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> oh no, I I absolutely understand. I mean, like, you know, 
there are, there are there are games that I still play with controllers because some games are just a better experience with a controller. Mm-hmm. There are some games that are a better experience with mouse and keyboard. Why Madden 21 has the option for mouse and keyboard controls at all is baffling to me because it, yeah. nothing about how it controls makes any sense to me at all. Um, it's it's bizarre. Um, but yeah, there are like there are some games like I'll play Borderlands. I, it, like a lot of shooting games now, I play mouse and keyboard. Um, platforming games, fighting games, I will still play with a controller. Um, like, uh, I was gonna say because what game? What game was I kind of thinking of? Like uh, my friend, my friend and I, we play Skullgirls uh, every now and then, um, which is like an arcade fighter style game. Um, okay. And I play that. I play that with controller. Um, there are some games where they say that it's optimized for controller, like Hades. I, I just have now noticed after putting in 30-something hours into the game that they say it's recommended to play with a controller, but I would <laughs> much rather play with mouse and keyboard. And who knows? Maybe if I switched to controller, maybe I'd be that much better, but I'm so used to it now that I don't think I could. Well, and So did you switch to the, the PC gaming? Was that with the inevitable streaming in mind because that's i mean to me that's yeah, where the that's where the real edge comes into play because with when you stream from a pc you have all those extra powerful components and you do on a console so that's when you can hook up an external webcam you can have video overlays you can mm-hmm. really make a stream your own whereas i i stream on on my playstation 4 and unless i get like a a playstation 4 camera I can't use a camera. They don't, it, it doesn't take any external webcams and it's, it's just bare bones, you know? Well, yeah. And what you're kind of running into more so is the concept of native streaming, like from console versus routing out through your PC through a capture card. Right. Yeah. So I still do play console games occasionally i started ghost of tsushima i imagine i'll play it again eventually at some point i i'm so inconsistent with my stream schedule right now like just in general which i gotta i gotta get that worked on to actually make my you know so i can get people watching my stream i just need to be more consistent but part of part of it is to a certain to a certain aspect it is a little bit easier to stream directly from the pc because you don't need added peripherals right so like if i've got games on my pc if i want to stream it all i need to do is open up Streamlabs, make sure that the video capture is set that it's capturing the video from my desktop and i'm good to go i can hit record like if i were to stream like my switch or my ps4 i have an elgato that i have to run that through yeah um which my Elgato actually at this point more so serves as a video pass through so I can play like games on my PC monitor without switching outputs. I just open up like my, you know, my, my video preview. And I actually, that's what I use when I stream stream it too, is I just get the video preview up on my main monitor and then I've got everything else on my second monitor. Oh, okay. so I, I I use it. I use my Elgato more so at this point as a very very fancy video pass through than I do as an actual <laughs> um, recording device for streaming. Just with how irregularly I stream and yeah. when I have how little actual console content I've done, because mm-hmm. at this point, um, yeah, it's mainly been you know PC games that I that I have and stuff like that. Um, 
So like, are you, so what's your goal with streaming? Like, do you want to become a full-time streamer or is it just a hobby? I mean, if there's potential for it to become a full-time thing. And again, that's, that's kind of on me on the onus to actually put in some time and dedication to actually try, try to build towards that. Mm -hmm. Um, If it, if it turns out that way, sure. Fine. Great. If not, (laughs) I'm not putting my eggs in that basket per se. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to be like, I want to be the next ninja or bust kind of thing. Right. First of all, fuck that guy. I hate, (laughs) I hate ninja. Um, anyways, like, so yeah, if it, if it gets to that point, yeah, absolutely. Great. If not, and it's just something that I do on, you know, in my free time to just, hang out with people and play games and whatnot. And that's fine too. It's, I don't really have a a set expectation for it per se, which I think at this point, which is why my, 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 again, my schedule and my consistency of actually streaming more than once a month, maybe is, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of where it's at. Like if I, if I maybe had more of a plan to really try and push for the full time, I would probably be, a little bit more okay i gotta stream four days a week or something like that right now where right now i'm working i'm doing school i just i don't have the time to to put that kind of effort into it right now right you yeah you, know? you have other priorities that you need to yeah they need to do okay it's one of it's one of those things though I probably would be fine if I just launched up my stream every time I just sit and I spend a day off gaming like on my own. I I would probably be fine. I could easily get it a couple a couple four to eight hour streams a week if I just streamed every time I played games. Like right. <laughs> uh, honestly, like and that and that's the that's the thing that I struggle with too is it's like I play games so much and yet I don't stream when I play and I don't know why I do that. Because um, really, what I should just be doing is every time I play games, I should really just throw it on the stream and call it, you know, and just do what it is. I think part of, is that, is that because um, of maybe when you, when you pull up the stream and you start streaming, you feel like you need to have, you need to exert more energy than you usually play with when you're not being watched. Um, not at this point because I at most average two viewers if Mm -hmm. I'm lucky. Right. Um, anytime I go live. So at this point, it's not like I'm, necessarily trying to put on a face for people who aren't there right um and and because even if i do i don't necessarily if i get to the point where i start pulling in larger audiences i don't want it to be that i just want it to be me hanging out playing games talking to people right yeah um i think my bigger issue is a lot of times i start playing a game and i and i realize i don't actually really want to play this game so i maybe put in 45 minutes and then i switch to something else and i switch to something else and i'm like i don't know if i actually feel like playing a game all that much right now Right. right. Um, the only times I find myself really draw getting drawn in and like playing big sessions of games consistently is when I get a new game because I'm just like, I want to experience this game. I want to go. Then I get myself burnt out. I never finish it. And then I come back to it six, six months later and I have to start over from the beginning. <laughs> Why I still have yet to finish Bloodborne or Dark Souls three. Beautiful. And I've been working on those games for like, four years holy shit dude they're hard which fucking i just want demon souls the remake to be on pc so bad but no they told us it was going to be pc they had it they had it in the promotional trailer and then they're like oh 
that wasn't supposed to be there. It's PS5 only. And now I'm like, you're telling me <laughs> I've got to buy a fucking PlayStation 5 to play Demon Souls now? Like, fuck. <laughs> and they're not even making it like backwards compatible. They're not even making a PS4 version of it. I don't th- no, because they this game was like made and optimized for like next gen consoles oh, which of course. It, and to their credit it does say that it will be a ps5 exclusive for a limited time so presumably at some point it will come to the xbox which right. then means it should come to the pc because the xbox is just a glorified pc at this point like that's really all that it is right because any game that's on 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 a microsoft console has a windows 10 version that you can play Right. <laughs> pretty pretty much and if Good i had the Bill choice Gates. yeah and if i had the choice i would play it on my pc over spending five hundred dollars to get an xbox you know well yeah i mean when you're like 1400 or so bucks into your your pc i would imagine you want to you know be able to use that bitch you know like it try not to deviate and have to buy mm. a whole nother system for like a couple mm. games yeah, and also at this point too, I don't even know where I fit a PlayStation Five in my setup. I don't know if you saw the side by side comparisons of like size um, compared the to like PS Five is huge. Yeah, so like what I currently have set up, I have like my TV stand is just like one of those like cube organizers. It's like a two by three. My PlayStation Four fits perfectly inside of one of those cubes. The PS Five will not. So. I don't know where I would even put it in my current setup in right. order to use it. <laughs> That's where you're going to have to get, you're going to have to be, get creative. I think you just need to bring over Casey Ritzel. You know, he can, he can put on that, that leopard thong and he Stop. can, he can, he can show you how to, how to make it work with your, with your current setup. Your honor. I'd like to submit to the court record that that comment was irrelevant to the conversation. <laughs> No, it, it circled back. He's going to show you how to get that PS5 to work in your current setup. Yeah, that'll be the day. <laughs> be like that scene from Cat in the Hat where like the, the fucking cat's like the plumber in the couch and all yeah, of a sudden the crack showing. <laughs> that was not a kid's movie. I don't care what anybody says. That movie was for adults. <laughs> yeah, yep. See, and I even make that argument with uh, with SpongeBob for the most part. I, I mean, there's well, so many like there's so much like suggestive material and things I look back at now and like wow, I should not have been watching that. Okay, no the the difference the difference is that I would argue is that SpongeBob did the thing where it threw in content and jokes for the adults, right? Mm-hmm. But like the the concepts and the premise of the show was still very very simple, fueled towards kids, pushed towards kids, right? But it had a lot of that stuff. Whereas now as older adults. Or like, you know, if you had to be an adult watching SpongeBob with your kid, you could still get some enjoyment out of it. Right. Because it was, because you have to think about it too. When SpongeBob came out, that was at the time where the prominent kids cartoons were like Ren and Stimpy, you know? So like SpongeBob was kind of crossing or like bridging that gap between like what modern cartoons are and like what those 90s cartoons were. So it has a lot of like remnants of that like Ren and Stimpy, like this is absolutely not a kid show humor with <laughs> this is a kid show, you know? And I think it hit that balance so well. Like that show still holds up. Like, well, 
maybe not some of the newer ish stuff because I haven't seen it, but like, right. you know, the the classic the classic episodes still hold up. I think one hundred percent by the fact that I'm twenty five years old and not a day goes by where I don't reference SpongeBob in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> you should get a tattoo of SpongeBob then. I could. Uh, I saw it because you have one on your arm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got uh, got my little ghost buddy there. If I could get the camera pointed at it right so you can actually see it. Um, yeah, that I got kind of on a whim, actually. <laughs> um, one of the, it, the What does it mean? Does it have a no. specific meaning? Or is no. it just like for the hell of it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was one of those things. So there's a tattoo shop down down the road from me, like literally – I can walk there in five minutes. Um, last year they did a Friday the 13th special, like a flash Friday. So they had all these pre-done designs. They were like $50 um, to get the, get tattoo done. And I was like, and I had been talking with, you know, one of my coworkers for a while that I want to get a tattoo. And one of my friends, I was like, I really want to get a tattoo. And they're like, one of these, one of these in here has to be what you want. And I saw this little ghost, um, this cranky little ghost where with the sunglasses um, with the shades. <laughs> and I was like, that, that image, um, really sums up, I think my energy pretty well. I was like, I, I have to, I have to get it. Um, so I went and I got it done. And now I, I want to actually add more ghosts to it and turn it into like a Pac-Man kind of thing. Oh yeah. Cause when I was getting it done, we, we, the, the tattoo artist and I, we, we started kind of talking about like, you know, the Pac-Man ghosts. And he was like, I think this one would, I think the blue one was, what was it Clyde? I looked it up after and the blue one, ironically enough is inky, <laughs> which I, I think is great. <laughs> um, so now I want to get more ghosts and then add a Pac-Man in here somewhere to like make this like a Pac-Man tattoo. The problem is I don't know how I would lay it out because I really didn't do myself any favors by making it. So he faces up and down my arm like this. Yeah, because, right. Well, because when <laughs> so I got when it done, see it, it, it's upside down. Yeah, but like when in my thought process when I got it done was, well, I don't care what if other people can see it. And this has been my my thought with tattoos in general. It's why I don't really want to get tattoos like on my back and my shoulder, things like that. So much is if I'm putting this stuff on me, I want to be able to see it and appreciate it, right? Yeah. So I put it this way so I could look at it and I could see my beautiful little boy just looking back at me. Did you name um, him? He's his name is Inky. You know? Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's he's named after the Pac-Man ghost. Um, but it put me in this weird conundrum of I don't know how I would lay this out to add more to it now, you know. But I'll figure it out eventually. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've not gotten any tattoos myself. I I'm I'm torn about that because it's kind of a, a permanent thing, um, and. <laughs> and like i don't know for me to get a tattoo it would have to mean something pretty profound well let me tell you mr jake johnson because i had that exact same thought process because this this tattoo i kid you not really the process of me getting this tattoo was like five years in the making 
pretty much. Okay. Because I had been thinking since I graduated high school, like it, it really started to take off around like when I was 21 that yeah. I'm like, I want to get a tattoo. And I started looking up all these ideas and I had tons of ideas that I really, really liked and were like meaningful to me and things that I liked and enjoyed and this, that, and the other way. I was mm -hmm. always like, I want my first tattoo to be something that has a meaning to me or like is symbolic of me or something about me, right? And then <laughs> my first tattoo that I get is, Oh, that ghost is kind of cool. He's only $50. Like, <laughs> like I, I kid you not. I, I totally understand everything that you said because that was my exact same thought process. And then I saw this design and the circumstances surrounding it. I was like, fuck yeah. And well, I just need to wait five years. And then if I see a tattoo, then I'm just going to be like, fuck yeah, let's do it now. Pretty much. Okay, um, just quick sidebar. Have you ever thought about getting a tattoo on your ass? No. Okay. Um, again, because of the whole thing is I want to be able to enjoy my tattoos and look at them and appreciate I mean, you could, the artistry of them. I mean, I'm not, not going to stare at my own ass in a mirror to look at a tattoo. If that's if that's what you're about to say. I'm not going to stand well, in my no, bathroom no, 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 no. and stare at my own ass through a mirror. <laughs> well, you could do that. That's an option. What I was thinking originally was that you do that one time, except you take a picture of it and you make it your phone wallpaper. So Absolutely that, not. So that you don't have to stare at yourself in the in your ass every single day. You could have a reminder every time you get a text, you yeah, know, a phone so, call. So so when I'm at so when I'm at dinner with my parents and my phone is sitting out <laughs> and somebody sends me a text message, Cindy can look down and see my ass with a tattoo on it. Yeah, that's exactly what I need. Well, I mean, I'm sure she would appreciate it if it was like her initials or something. I, no, absolutely like, Mom, not. Mom, this is for you. I love you. No, the only thing worse than getting that that mom heart tattoo on your like on your bicep, on your mm -hmm. outer bicep, would be to tattoo your mother's initials somewhere on your ass. I think that's the only way that that gets worse. I mean, the jury's out on that. I'll have to do some more research, um, but. But I think I think it'd be worth a good laugh or two. Um, just because, like you said, you saw this one, you said "fuck it," and boom, you got it. So maybe if I send you pictures with your mother's initials enough, you'll no. see it one day and be like "fuck it," and get no. it tattooed on your ass. Absolutely not. Okay, my and initials. That no. <laughs> what? Well, come on. I'm not getting. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm not getting anything tattooed on my ass. I'm well, definitely not. I'm not putting your. I'm not putting your initials on my ass. I'd put your initials on my ass. Well, that's good for you. Like that's your body. You do what you want with it. I'm not putting someone else's initials on my own ass. Well, I'm not putting. And to clarify, I'm also not putting my initials on my own ass. Nobody's <laughs> initials are going anywhere on my ass. Well. We'll we'll have to table this for the time being. Well, we'll have to revisit this down the road. But uh, but yeah, it, for me, a tattoo would have to mean something. Mm -hmm. um, I get just that. because it's now was yours painful? Yeah, um, not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, I actually the the worst part of it really was right in because it's right above my elbow right and the inside of my arm mm -hmm. so as it got, as you get right to where like your el my elbow like folds up that was probably the worst part of it um and, like it was just kind of like a, a sting 
Um, not anywhere what I thought it was going to be like based on getting injections and needles and things like that done before. Right. I mean, I will, I will say I did get lightheaded just because my body was like, what the fuck are you doing? But like <laughs> about halfway through. So like he finished the, he finished the outline and I was like, I need to take a bit of a break. And then he gave me a cup of water and weirdly picked out my favorite flavor of dum dum <laughs> to give to me. <laughs> And then I was fine the rest of the way. Like, it, cause it was literally just like a blood sugar thing. So like, oh, I just yeah. got, a, yeah. So a little bit of water, a little bit of sugar back in my system. And I was fine. Like the rest of the way. Hmm. Okay. And how long did that take? This one only, gone? this one only, only took 45 minutes at, at most. Like oh, this man. did not take very long because like, the, cause what they do with stuff like this, or at least the shop that I went to, because this was a design that they were, pre pre-done and they knew they were going to be doing a lot of they basically had like carbon paper that they mm -hmm. just put the outline on so all he needed to do was just trace the lines fill them in nice and then just do the little bit of blue shading around the around the you know on the inside of the the ghost um so like it wasn't like it wasn't like he was like free handing it and really had to take his time and kind of be careful with it, you know? Like right. he literally just needed to make sure that the lines looked good. And then that was it. Okay. That mm -hmm. doesn't sound half bad. No, it it was much better than I thought it was going to be because I know my track record with needles and stuff like that. And my my general tolerance for pain is pretty bad. Right. Um but like, like I said, this was less of a pain and more so of just like a, it was like if somebody took something relatively warm and it was just holding it next to my forearm, like not on it, but like next to it. And then, but it was like still just applying a tiny bit of pressure, if that makes sense. Okay. So yeah, and I mean, it's not, it's not pain. It's more, it's just like a nuisance. Just a almost. slight just a slight discomfort and i mean every everybody experiences it a little bit different um like i said i you know my whole thing too was i was afraid you know getting something that wasn't like a personal to me kind of thing if if i hated it and it was really painful and i never wanted to do it again i didn't want to regret not getting something that i really really wanted tattooed on me but mm -hmm. this experience kind of got rid of that whole fear for me right so yeah. okay mm. well now, now I'm going to have to think more about getting tattoos because, um, <laughs> well, I mean, there are, there are cool tattoos out there. I've seen tattoos and designs where I'd think, oh, this would look really, this would mm -hmm. look really slick. But then I think about, huh, do I think that now? And would I immediately regret it after I get it tattooed on my body? Yeah, no, that's fair. My other, my other concern that I always have too, is it's like, what if I decide to get jacked someday? I feel like I need to be in good shape before I get all these tattoos. So like they're on my body when I'm in good shape, you know, like not like when I'm in bad shape and like, if I lose weight where all of a sudden they look weird because like I've got less weight around my stomach now. <laughs> right. Um, well, like you said, if you, you know, you have that one on your arm now, if you get jacked, if your forearms like swell up, then is it, <laughs> it's going to look warped or, <laughs> uh, this one I'm not too worried about because it's in a it's in a spot where I don't think my forearms could could reasonably get that much bigger, and I mean even if they do at most, it, then it'll just be needing to touch it up just to fill in probably some spots where where the ink gets a little bit blotchy. But I mean it's it's held up really really well. I expected it to fade a lot more than it has, 
Um, and I expected it to peel a lot more than it did when it was healing. And there was like hardly any. Um, okay. Well, damn. Yeah. So you, that was a very strategic place that you decided to put it. Because I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that per se. Again, this all just kind of goes back to, I wanted to put it somewhere where I could see it, but mm -hmm. also in a spot where, cause I'm not technically supposed to have um, exposed tattoos at work. So I wanted to put it in a spot where I could see it fairly easily, but also in a spot where it wasn't super noticeable for other people to see it, like while right. I'm at work, um, which I mean, it still is because it's not like it's hiding under my sleeves ever because it's on my upper forearm, yeah. you know, or like my, well, it's on my forearm and not like my upper arm. Uh, but like, it's in a spot like kind of on the inside where like, I have to like be holding my arm out directly to you to see it. And even then it's not like, this is anything that's super offensive. Like, I knew somebody that died seeing that ghost is offensive to me. Like that, that's not going to happen, you know? <laughs> yeah. Unless you went out of your way to, to search the obituaries, to find a picture of somebody and to get my their grandfather face died playing Pac-Man. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry. That's unfortunate, but I promise you, there's a lot of people with Pac-Man tattoos, and it's yeah. not to slight your dead grandfather. I'm sorry, that's unfortunate. That was not my intention <laughs> to to slight your dead grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> well, shit, dude. You know what? You, you know what I think? I think we have a lot. Um, we have a lot of other things to cover, but. For the sake of people's sanity, I think I'm going to break this up here uh, into into at least one more part that we're going to do. So, because I, I think we've been going here for a little over two hours, which which is beautiful. Um, so, again, I, I just want to thank you for for wanting to chat with me. Obviously, you're welcome back. Uh, we, we have we have a lot more to cover. Like we just. Like we, we just scratched the surface. I feel like, to be honest with you about a, a bunch of different things, but it's, it's like been how good the conversation, I like how the one thing we talked about beforehand that we wanted to talk about during was we the one thing we didn't get it. to. <laughs> well, that, I'm not, you know, I don't, for the next time, that'll be the first thing that we bring up. This, this is our cliffhanger for everybody who's, who's curious. We're not going to say what it is. So then when we do talk about it next time, you're just really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have a feeling there's definitely going to be some mixed emotions uh, after we after we say what we wanted to talk, to talk about. Uh, there's going to be people who are going to like it, and there are going to be people that are going to be, um, I feel like, in shock. Uh, I think most people are just going to be lukewarm about it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, they're not even going to think twice about it. Like I said, my, my one to ten viewers or listeners, <laughs> um, get ready. Because I'm gonna have I'm gonna have Matt back here very soon. Uh, we're gonna talk some more. Like I said, the, the very first thing we're gonna talk about is that thing we didn't even get to. So, uh, <laughs> um, but again, I appreciate you coming on with me today, buddy. It's yeah. it's been a while since we chatted. I thought we I thought we had a good talk here, and I'm, I I really look forward to genuinely continuing our conversation in, in the next episode that you join me with. So. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I appreciate your time today, brother. And for anyone who's still listening, um, thank you very much, mom and dad. Um, <laughs> um, and if I, and if I could just plug 
on the on the off chance that anybody who's watching this which i know are probably just all people that we knew from high school and they're gonna be like why the fuck do i care what what he's up to these days (laughs) if for whatever reason you want to see what i'm up to or watch me stream um you can find me on twitter or twitch um so my my handle on both is my new blue so it's m-i-n-u-e-b-l-u-e so uh, Twitter, you know, at my new blue on Twitter or twitch.tv slash my new blue. Like I said, I don't stream incredibly regularly right now, but if you want to give me a follow, so you know, when I do do stream, that'd be really cool. If not, I get it, whatever, no big deal. <laughs> right. Like I said, the one to 10 people who are probably going to listen to this, check out Matt on, on Twitter and on, on Twitch. Um, and sometimes funny i complain yeah. about people people mislabeling recorders as a flute and then i also tweet about how ruinscape gold was cryptocurrency so you know you get a little bit of everything right right and sometimes he dresses like joe exotic and it's 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 really a sight to see um i can't i can't promise anybody that don't don't <laughs> don't incriminate me like that but um Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll be back. I plan to release a podcast every Monday or Tuesday. So um, so this one will be released uh, in the next couple days. Um, but I appreciate everybody listening. Look forward to, to speaking with my next guest next week. I still don't know who that is. We'll figure it <laughs> out. But I look forward to having Matt back here shortly, and we'll continue, continue our, our talks. I appreciate it, brother. Yeah. Thanks, bud. All right, everybody. We'll talk soon. Until until then, peace.